Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway, and today we're going to share the experience of Kathleen, who says, I was so afraid to die. I was afraid of the pain I thought I would feel. Then I heard the doctors say, Oh, we're losing her. I then felt a pulling whoosh up, and then was at the center ceiling watching it all. I had no pain at all. I did, however, feel the fainting sick feeling you get before passing out, and I felt light and heard a buzzing noise. I then watched the doctors working on me. One of them was swearing terrible. I remember thinking, goodness, he, the Lord, can hear him. I was embarrassed for all of them in the emergency room. I then went up, but don't remember moving. I just was in a really beautiful meadow of sorts. Trees, stream, fish, grass, etc. Then I was in a place of the most beautiful silver-white color. That's the best way I can describe the color of this place. The feeling was one of utter joy and love. I mean real complete love, not of this earth. And peace, such peace. People were all around, but I couldn't tell you who they were. For some reason, it wasn't important. The path I was going down was important. Everyone was so happy to be with me. When I got to the final place on the way down this path, I knew I couldn't go any further if I wanted to go back to my life. I remember all of this as if it just happened up there completely. Everyone was talking at once, so happy. I remember asking so many questions. The first was, how do I know you are Jesus? With my not ever seeing his face, he held out his hand. I saw a pair of completely spotless white, I mean clean, hands, except for a light red streak mark up towards the palm wrist area. I... I saw really white, clean, flowering clothes on him, but I knew if I looked at his face, I couldn't go back. I remember asking tons of questions and getting the answers. He and all the others there said I could stay, but it was just too early for me to be there. I said, pointing down, look, I've got real trouble down there. He's... He's been beating me up for years and following me everywhere. I can't get away from him. Then he said something I can't remember. Not that that that's the right word. It's as if to say it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't spit it out. Anyway, I then said, I don't want to leave here. It's so peaceful and lovely, and I want to stay. And then the thought of my nine-year-old daughter... I thought of my nine-year-old daughter and what would happen to her if I didn't go back. He showed me things in her life and mine to come. All of this talking was pretty much through our minds, although we could use our mouths, but why why would we do that when it's not necessary? I made the immediate decision to come back for my daughter. I am a comical person by nature, so everyone was laughing and said I kept them laughing, all uh, all laughing up there. Anyway, I asked jokingly, what's in it for me? 
Why will will I be in awful pain? He said, pain? Yes. But you'll have help with it. I said, will I ever be safe from him? He said, yes. I'll give you whatever to make it okay. And I should say whatever is in parentheses. I will give you something to make it all okay. She probably doesn't remember what it is that uh, he said. I said, will I ever find a person you meant for me to be with? He said, yes, and he'd be wonderful. He'd send him when I was ready. He was already here for me, but I was to get all my troubles straightened out first, so as to put so as to not put them all on him. Laughing, I said, Well, he better be cute. And he said, You two will find each other irresistible because I put you two together a long time ago up here. I thought I'd find him waiting for me when I got back to Earth. As it happened, I just seven months ago found him. Anyway, I then said my goodbyes. And after all that, he said I had much to do down there, pointing to Earth. I said, what can I do for you? You've given me so much. He said, lots. I can't put my finger on it, but when I complete something I was supposed to do, I know it was one of them. He mainly said, tell people of all these words, just tell them. Most will listen. And some will believe, but that's not important. When they need to remember, it will help them. I remember saying, when it's my time, will I be able to get back here? And laughing, they all said, of course. And then said, okay. I said, I then said, okay. And whooshed down, for lack of a better word. I was now back down over the gurney, watching the doctors work over me. I saw everything, heard everything, and whooshed back into the body, looking back to heaven, but couldn't see them anymore. Then I opened my eyes and told the doctor I'd be fine now. I told God I wanted to come back, and he said it wasn't my time. They all froze. He then said I was being intubated for the, my lungs, and, he, and that he works on earthly things. I took his hand and said, Doc... We all heard you up there swearing your head off and trying to revive me. You embarrassed me <clears throat> talking like that, and I promise you I'm not going to leave again. I have work to do yet. Then they intubated me and gave me something to ease the pain as the tube went in. A few minutes later, I came to and motioned for pen and paper. I then started telling the place I'd been. People came from all over the hospital to read what I'd written. I didn't know then that not everyone would want to hear it. The nurses sent a priest to help me deal with being on this plane again, as they called it. I told everyone I could. I told everyone I could for many years. I still tell people. I almost have to and need to. Also, I got a divorce and never looked back. I w it was as if... I couldn't even see why I was frightened over it all. My life is so different since it all happened. I'm awfully sensitive to drugs. Can't even have a glass of wine. I'm super sensitive to lots of things. Emotions are everything to me. I actually feel 
I actually feel people rather than guess as to their character. I can tell a bad person just by seeing them or over the phone or in a store. I don't hear voices, but I do feel guidance from angels sent back with me. I know they are there. There's just so much to say about my new life now since coming back. I would take days writing it all. Suffice it to say, there is a heaven. This is a place of learning for where we are, where we are to spend eternity. We are to bring as many people back as possible. And the kindness or evil we do to each other causes people's lives to be changed forever. We affect possible generations to come. Even a harsh word could cause a person on the edge to turn away from God. So live it right, folks, and just give love and understanding if you can't do anything else. I'm no god or angel, just someone who knows for a fact there is another place, and what you do here, you take with you, good and bad. It's all about who you helped get through, over, around, and eventually back home. I do also have one thing I call that, that it's a weird thing. I sometimes know what's going to happen, like a psychic, but I just feel things before they happen. That is the end of Kathleen's experience, or her record. Interesting, interesting. I love this, and I love her excitement. I mean, clearly, when she came back, she saw it as her duty to share the message. Okay, a few things. When she first was dying, she heard a buzzing noise. This is part of the near-death experience that I've never quite understood. Some people hear a ringing, a buzzing. Um, some people, an annoying noise. Um, she's unclear about whether it's annoying or troublesome at all. She just says a, a buzzing noise. And uh, the uh, doctor is swearing, probably because like, ah, you know, we're losing her. You know, he's, he's kind of panicking and and I'm assuming he takes the Lord's name in vain because she's like, hey, he can hear you, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to think. And then, uh, and then she finds herself in a meadow of sorts with trees, stream, fish, and grass. And then in the most beautiful silver white color um, and is filled with utter joy and love. And this is a part it gets a little bit confusing because uh, she just kind of describes the feelings and then she says, I remember all of this just as if it happened up there completely. She remembers if it just happened. And, you know, everyone's talking at once, so happy. And she remembers asking so many questions. The first being, how do I know you are Jesus? Now, up to this point, she hasn't mentioned coming across an individual. She says there's people all around. And then there's that she says, how do I know you are Jesus? Which makes me think that he was right there and she knew it. And whether this is like she's standing face to face, sort of, with Jesus, or if, if he's this light and she's communicating with this light with the people all around her, it, it's unclear, but... What is clear is, is her next line. She says, uh, With my not ever seeing his face, he held out his hands, and I saw a completely spotless white, I mean clean hands, 
except for a light red streak mark up towards the palm and wrist area. So he shows the marks in his hands. And from what she says, she knows that if she looks into his face, she can't go back. There's your barrier. For her, the barrier was, look into his face and you will stay. It wasn't like a threat. It wasn't like a, you know, don't look because you won't be able to go back. It was, it was more like, it's not time for you to return, so don't look at his face yet. As if to say, you'll get your opportunity. You will. And then she says that I remember asking tons of questions and getting the answers. So cool. And then, this is an interesting thing that she says about... Um, one thing that she asks about, uh, I guess her husband has been physically abusive um, for years and following her everywhere. She says, I can't get away from him. And then, uh, and then she's told something that she can't remember. She says, no, that's not the right word, saying that she can't remember it. It's not that she doesn't remember. It's as if it's on the tip of my tongue and I just can't spit it out. I think that may be a better description for many of the things that are that the veil covers for people it's you know when they say i can't remember what happened after that it i wonder sometimes if the memory is gone or hidden or is it just that it can't quite recall to memory to to me this reflects of, you know, when people talk about having a word on the tip of your tongue. I do get that a lot. What I get even more is when I watch a TV show or a movie and there's an actor in there that I know from somewhere else and I can't quite place it. I have that happen like almost every day <laughs> or at least once a week, you know, at, at the least. You could ask my wife. I'm always saying, oh, where is he from? Where is he from? And I wonder if that's kind of what's going on. And it almost always comes back within a day or two. But in this case, it probably never comes back for most people. But then she talks about how when she's told that she has a very important purpose to return for, or purposes to return for, and she says, I don't remember what those purposes are, but when I do them, I sense that it's done. Like that was one of them kind of thing, you know, so she, she can tell when she's on the right track because she's feeling this sense of accomplishment of some sort. Like, yeah, that was one of the things I came back to do. I remember that now. And it's not, may not even be there. She remembers it. It may be just the feeling of, yeah, that feels right. And it could be, it could be that that is the, the case for all of us. Even those who are, of us who haven't had a near-death experience, haven't been told to go back because you have a purpose. The fact is, all of us have a purpose. The, the difference is, is that most of us don't go back before that purpose is done, or at least has had the opportunity to be done. And yes, we can make other choices and not fulfill our, our purpose, but for those of, those of us that are really trying and want to fulfill all, our purpose, if we try, it'll happen. It'll happen. And if we're trying to stay close to God, trying to pray, trying to listen for the voice of the Spirit to tell us when and where to act, 
will act when it's time. Sometimes it will be in the manner intended, and other times it'll be in some bumbling way that just happens to have worked out to make sure it happened. But it's going to happen. But that's what it comes down to is our choice. If our choice is, I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to do what I came here to do. Even though we don't know what it is, God will see to us that it happens. He will see to it. That's what agency is about. Okay. So when she returns, it's it's kind of unclear, but some people think she's crazy, and others are coming to uh, find out from her what she can tell them. It sounds like people are like, can I read that? Can I, I want to know. And then other people are like, let me see that. And they read it, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you might need to be in the psych ward, you know. <laughs> And, but she can sense that there is something um, beautiful that has taken place, something that is real, something that uh, has, I mean, she knows that she's been to heaven. She knows it. And yes, people are going to define heaven in different ways. Some people will say, well, no, heaven is only the highest of these realms. Okay, fine. That's fine. But what most people, what you might call the spirit world that is a preparation for the heaven that you're going for, most people would call that heaven. And so it's kind of a semantics game, you know, and you can split it up how you want, but but clearly when we die, we go to heaven. Okay, so anyway. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash ndecast to become a a regular monthly contributor. If you want to email the podcast with a question, a comment, or an experience, you can do that at uh, neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to call the podcast, you can do that by calling 970 NDE cast. And with that, thank you all of you once again so much for listening.